Ooh, it's getting a little sensual with the mic. So, before the start of our Rage Quit episode, I would like to tell a little bit about uh, Rage Quit's sponsor. So, welcome to another episode of Rage Quit, the husband and wife duo that discusses video games every week. Rage Quit is sponsored by AFK Clothing Co. Are you a gamer? Do you enjoy games? Then check out AFK Clothing Co. for all of your gaming apparel needs. As I record this, I am sporting an AFK green sleeve baseball tee that I absolutely love and wear every week. We'd never be sponsored by something we didn't like. And if you'd like to support the show, head on over to AFK Clothing Co., link in the description below, and type ASI in the promo code box to get 10% off your next order. As always, just follow the bear, and now on to the show. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rage Quit. Episode 14! Or is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so just, I, I guess for housekeeping, we used to do that for some of the older episodes. Uh, we changed, like, how we record Rage Quit, so we do them in, like, bulk now. Yeah, because I... Because it's more evergreen time. content, so we do, like, four or five within a couple-week period, mm-hmm. and then we... Uh, then I work on the production side of things, and they roll out later, so... By the time you're listening to this, it's going to be December. The... This discussion that we're having, we've had over the last couple of days, but it's going on in October. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So. It's true. Kind of keep that as, like, a, a, for frame of reference or, like, a good, like, um... Model of things. Yeah, frame of mind, because we're going to be discussing uh, Game of the Year picks for this episode. Episode 14. Yeah. <laughs> as always, my name's Anthony Schultz. I'm your Skuhulitz. Skuhulitz.com. Mm-hmm. And as always, this is Rage Quit. We are here. We are not bananas. <laughs> That's not where you're going with that, but I, I saw it. Yep. You saw what I did there. You saw. Hey, Dante. But anyways, oh, anyways. yeah, last, <laughs> last couple of days we've been discussing just 2019 as a whole. Not just video games per se. No, uh, this is a video game podcast. Yeah. But, uh, we're discussing uh, music, film, uh, just kind of pop culture videos in general. Mm. Maybe a little more focused for this episode just concerning video games, but... What is 2019 had to... Had to offer. Where's uh, yeah. its offers? Where's its offerings? Yep. Gonna, no, no gonna give uh, tribute to Sobek so the alligators don't attack. <laughs> oh, no, Dante, don't attack. <laughs> he doesn't look like a little alligator when he's swimming. He does, yeah. For a Chowini, it's funny. He does. He looks like... A blonde alligator. Yeah, like <laughs> gliding through the water <laughs> in the pool. It is funny. It is funny. But anyways, what are, what are your, like... I guess, uppermost thoughts about, like, broadest thoughts about video games in 2019. Besides, like, one or two games, pretty meh, honestly. Like, they're... Like, we've kind of were discussing, like, it's the last year of the last ten-year, like, decade, decade, you know. We don't have a big hurrah, a big bang. Like, 2018 fucking just rolled the punches, had a shit ton of awesome games coming out. And this year, it's just, like... Yeah, it's definitely been a slow year. I think part of it definitely has to coincide with the end of a console generation, too. Well, and then that's another thing, too, if it's the end of a console. Something that I didn't really think about when we were discussing the last couple of days. But. True, but if it's the end of a generation, like console generation, you would still think it'd go out with a big bang. Like, shit, you remember PS4's got this game, it's last game, or... They usually don't do that, especially with Sony in particular. There yeah. is huh. what they... What is, like, become known as, like, the swan song of a generation? 
Hmm. Specifically with Sony, I don't know if um, Xbox fans or players do something. have that for their generations as well. I mm. mean, the the two consoles usually come out about the same time and like close out about the same time. Yeah, you know. But the PS4 has been going on for what? Uh, 2013. Jesus, it's been six years, and then an are announcement... they not that long run? Long no, running? not really. I was going to say, it's like, I feel like... It's a lot longer. They're becoming longer and longer generations. Do you feel like because it's getting better and better built? I know we're kind of off-tangential here. Yeah, we got an hour podcast, and we're going to be discussing a little bit of everything. Plus, like you just pointed out, there's not a lot of games to go over and discuss for Game of the Year anyways. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, I think that it's just, it comes down to hardware and cost. Yeah. So... I think it's difficult for people to, especially with a lot of, like, boutique electronics and mm-hmm. then just the, the age that we live in, there's a lot of awesome products that are out that are yeah. technological-based. Mm-hmm. And so it's like every year, especially Americans, are, are buying a lot of these kind of things or they're saving and picking and choosing which mm-hmm. ones they want. Like, do I want the newest Apple Watch because I'm at work all the time and that's, like, the most useful thing yeah. to have and it's super snazzy and cool to use? Or for somebody else, is it like, oh, I need that new tablet for my artwork because I work in graphic design and I True. you know I should set aside you know 500 bucks or $1200 or you know whatever kind of brand or type you're getting mm-hmm. or <laughs> to like buy game. that I think it's the same thing with like gamers it's PC kind of our gamers in general is like I think just gamers in general I think it's less about like oh you you know play on an Xbox one you're dumb oh you play on a PS4 you're dumb I, I think a like lot more people have has, multiple consoles I feel like that has definitely passed surpassed since we were kids like oh how dumb are you you have an Xbox I think because like you said people have multiple can afford it especially now multiple consoles that they're the I'm not saying people don't have their favorites but they're not you know how dare you have a Playstation instead of an Xbox yeah it's more like what do you like and what do you want to play? Mm. And then if you can't play it, it's like you kind of live vicariously and watch <laughs> other streamers stream games you can't play. Mm. Or you watch YouTube series on games you can't play. Mm. Or if you do have the money, you know, you, you play it yourself. You're, yeah, you're playing the newest Gears of War along with, you know... Bloodborne. And yeah, you uh, know, whatever newest PS4 exclusive. And, stuff like and that. then flipping over to Link's Awakening on the Switch or something on those This tricks we do have a Switch and a Wii. And PlayStations and Nintendo and yeah, and if we really wanted to, we could buy an Xbox One. Like, yeah, I mean it's not like impossible for us to do so. It's just there's not a ton of games for especially me. Yeah, that I want to play on it to make it worthwhile. Uh, but that's a personal preference. Yeah, it's personal. Yeah, yeah. Preference. I can play all the third party games that I want on my PS4, and mm-hmm. then I prefer Sony exclusives, especially this last generation. But I think to get back to your original question, it's like overall cost mm-hmm. of producing these consoles and then the consumer buying them mm-hmm. that it makes sense for it to last longer. Plus, uh, development costs are always on the rise. It takes yeah. either more money or a larger team or sometimes both to produce these games just because of the hardware capabilities. So if they have longer development cycles, mm-hmm. I mean, how often would it be if you had a short one, like back in the day, it was only a few years or four years or something. It's like development cycles oftentimes are four years now. Yeah. So it's like you're producing something for the PlayStation 4 and by the time you finish, have a finished product, the PS5's out. Yeah. That would really kind of like fuck up a studio's it, yeah. groove and a lot of studios and how they function. So do you feel like they're revamping it in a sense of the word for the fact that because games have long cycles and they're trying to do it for the newest hardware, that's why they're wanting also to have the generation and show that it can last, that it's not 
piece of uh, junk you bought and it's going to die in a year or two. Yeah, I think it absolutely adds to like consumer value as well. Like it's worth having for because it's not seven a, years. It's not a consumable. It's it's uh it's not like you know shampoo or something you. Buy no, it, it's not. I mean, it's not throwaway. I think there was a good period in the. The middle, especially with electronics, mm-hmm. where electronics were starting to be designed that way to, to last. last only a few years, so you would have to buy a new one. Yeah. But now, people are. At least in my opinion, the quality of said products are going up because they're more expensive, because the parts going into them mm-hmm. are either harder to create or more expensive to get a hold of, or because of the tech built inside them, it, there's more intricacies. Mm-hmm. So I think kind of forced at least consumerism or capitalism to kind of go back to what we were you know in like the 50s or 60s even where it was built to last or we could repair it on our own if it broke exactly or these big companies if something happened to it and there was like a recall you you could send it in and be repaired and get it back instead of like oh you know it's easy for you just to throw it away and then yeah. spend another 400 dollars and buy a new one which i don't know about you but i ain't got no As, yeah especially if you had to do it like <laughs> regularly you know every two years or something well yeah and it's like i didn't even honestly realize that's how long it's been because we've always just had the ps4 like i've always said i've never really been much of a big gamer besides maybe my handheld game boys and even then those never really popped out too yeah. often either yeah i mean there's some regular issues that older consoles can have depending on the console mm-hmm um, and how you treat it too, but that's just um, personal. Well, I mean, there's there's even some more like kind of like like baseline reasons that mm. a, a console would like crap out on you. Like there's a um, like I'm not sure if I would be able to find it, but um, <laughs> there's a like a regular reason that the Sega Dreamcast will like break on you. I can't recall exactly what it is, mm. but it's something along the lines of like. And this is not necessarily true for this example, but, like, the type of soldiering used on the chipset on the board, you know, will only last about seven years before yeah. it'll start to crumble, and then the chipset will, like, break away from the board, and then it'll be, like, non-functioning. It's more difficult to replace that than to just buy a new one kind of a thing. Um, I kind okay. of described a problem that, like, PS3's had, but... Yeah. But it's something along those lines, where there's, like, a set amount of time, usually, for some of these. Like, you might get lucky, and it'll last way longer, and then there's other times where it's, like, well, it might, you know, break down within yeah, three a couple years. years. Yeah, but, depending on how much you use it, and wear and tear, and all that good but stuff. that kind of knowledge comes from, really, the the time that the console's been on yeah. the market. So something like a Dreamcast, where it's been almost 20 years, <laughs> it's like, you're gonna... Be able to, a bit of problems. Yeah, you're going to lo- be able to log to the types of issues that, you know, a Dreamcast Compared has. to, like, something that's been on the market for, like, three years. Yeah, somebody who's, like, a hobbyist who, you know, takes them apart or fixes them or... Someone leaves it on running and burns out the thermal paste or something like that. Yeah, you know, you have your small business where you're repairing, like... like says sibling did to theirs. Super Nintendos or something, and you notice mm-hmm. 75% of the time it's the same issue. Like, you can probably say that there was a manufacturing Issue... issue. That is resulting in Or if you're, like, a hobbyist down. or fixing things and it's, like, different issues each time, then it's just the person how you operate. Then that's error. more user error than, yeah. like, manufacturing. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, well, manufacturing has gotten a lot better in the 20 years since, so we're not actually using these materials for, like, you know, the soldiering song, this mm-hmm. motherboard or whatever. But, no, I think the longer cycles of consoles is just indicative of how like consumerism and capitalism is going but i think it more intimately ties into uh studio development costs and the the cycle that it takes for them to produce games Mm -hmm. it makes sense 
for then the, the hardware to like last longer to give mm-hmm. studios a chance to even uh, uh, create games for it. Yeah. And which makes sense because it's like that's an investment of time and money. So it's like you don't want a console generation mm-hmm. to skip by and beat when the games was, aren't even out yet. Yeah, it was a lot faster and cheaper to do it, you know, 30 years ago, but you didn't have as many people with the technical expertise mm-hmm. to even do it. Or quality of games either. Yeah, and so it was like you had, you know, you could have a person or two produce games mm-hmm. for, you know, the NES. Yeah. And. But do they know enough about, you know, basic programming mm-hmm. or even, like, computers at the time? But nowadays it's flipped where you have a ton of people with knowledge to do that kind of yeah. things. But the hardware has far surpassed, <laughs> like, what it takes to produce, like, a game for that console. Which is insane. Yeah. It, it's like the roles have just kind of reversed. Yeah. I think that, in like, Sony's and Microsoft's response to a long generation is to... Um, do like an like an iterative like in between so like you, the slim or not so much that but actually a machine that's more powerful than like the base model really? so like the ps4 pro and the um was it the xbox one one x the xbox one x and the ps4 pro mm-hmm. they are more powerful machines yeah. than the original ps4 and xbox they're not oh. just smaller i didn't know that yeah it's it's designed to up to, like, 4K television. Oh, yeah, because the like TVs that. are still doing their thing. Yeah, and then studios could also provide patches to implement, like, the new hardware. For games. Essentially and stuff. modding their own game. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You know, to make it look better. So, what do you, like, if, if that's the case, if people have now, in a sense, worth the time to make the game. For granted, obviously, you're always going to have a crunch and a timeline. But the yeah. time to make the games, to make them amazing and big and great... What's up with 2019, then? What the hell? I just think if the PS4 or PS5 and the, you know, Xbox Scarlet are coming out holiday mm. of 2020, which is just a little more than a year away. You're in, what, two months? You're yeah. a month and a half. Yeah. You're in two months. Um, and we talked about development cycles. And all that, so... I think with like the longer uh, development cycles like thrown into the mix, and then the fact that studios can add those patches and stuff to mm-hmm. have like up-res versions of their uh, games, it's easier to do a patch than design a whole game. Yeah. For that, and so that's what I think like Microsoft's and Sony's response to a longer generation, like uh-huh. I just said, but. Um, I think it's winding down more so because it's only a year and two months away, and so you're having a lot of these studios now gearing up to produce games for... The new consoles. For the new consoles, and if they have longer development cycles, Mm -hmm. like I've been saying, then they're going to need that year and two months to get that head start to start producing games for the PlayStation 5 Mm -hmm. and uh, Scarlet. So do you feel like the reason why 2019 is... I'm not saying it doesn't have its game changers and good games in it, but it hasn't been so... But bow is because of that reason. I think it has. I mean, it's a little disappointing because we were talking more, like even bigger kind of scope about like music too. But. Yeah, like the 
how a lot of art mediums, including video games, like represent usually mm-hmm. like a decade or a succinct period of time, that it is a little disappointing to get to 2019 and just because of how console generations work and how these companies function, yeah. like we're not really having this big push or like last hurrah, like that would be really cool to see that's representative of, you know, even if it was just most of the decade, it was like, this is what gaming was from 2013 to now. Yeah. Like, here's the pinnacle of what we can do. I think the, the swan songs that we're going to get, like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. is going to be like The Last of Us Part 2, which mm-hmm. The Last of Us was the swan song for the PS3. Okay, so they're kind of, they're kind of, they just haven't come out yet because it's only October and we still have two more months, I think, for a second there. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you have it? Wait, you have it. I think we're going to get, you know, swan songs for the generation. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's going to miss this holiday mark and this year. You think so? Yeah, it's going to be more in 2020 leading up to the PS5 launch. We're going to have, you know... So it's going to have that brief kind of crossover in 2020. Yeah, and I would imagine a lot of these big games that we're going to get in 2020, at least in the first half of the year, like your Doom Eternals, your Final Fantasy VII. It got pushed back. Yeah, it was supposed to come out in November of this year, but they needed more time to work on it. So it's going to be March 20th of 2020. Lame. But uh, I think that... Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake and The Last of Us Part Two, I would imagine, are going to be... Kind of a big boom of the end. Yeah, you got a good third-party representative, you have a good first-party representative with Last of Us Part Two, and then you have a, a remake in there of mm-hmm. one of the most beloved games of all time. So it's like, you have a good kind of swath or a good like litmus test mm-hmm. of what you know, the generation was before. It's just going to be in 2020 and just miss the mark. Yeah. Of 2019, right before the new year, and then that holiday season, unfortunately. For and the, that's just because of, I think, where the console generations kind of lined up. So, now this kind of segues into the game of the year for 2019. So, does that make you feel like the non... Not the... Crud brain fart... <laughs> nominees? Yeah. That's how you say that word? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, for the game of the year, are just kind of... Because of how this year's been, and yeah, I think it, it, it just happened to be like spacing and timing. Like mm-hmm. there was already cogs spinning, yeah, that, that we have no control of, and it just happened to fall in a weird, like generation middle change. Yeah, and... it's like we're switching generations between console generations between twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, and you know I'm always an advocate for if you have to push a game back to work on it further mm-hmm. to make it better that's a good idea to yeah. do that if you have the opportunity to do so I'd rather be disappointed as a consumer for a few months that I didn't get to play the game I mm-hmm. wanted to right then than to have a subpar game released then I'd rather yeah. wait 3 months or 6 months or whatever and then play it when it's done No and, and like I polished, and I get that so. too the for the idea of you know being an amazing game for 2020 the new generation and all that but I feel like because we were just what we're talking about is the game of the year, just slim pickings and the shit that they're nominating and what should be nominated or going for the game of the year is like. It is weird. It makes it for an interesting year. Because like I know what we're saying it's like you and I both love Days Gone, and Days Gone is hardly getting any buzz for game of the year. No, it was reviewed slammed when it came out, and in my opinion, unnecessarily so. I think. I don't. I don't know why that game was singled out. I feel like that could be a culmination of events, mm-hmm. too, where it was like Sony was riding high with so many great um, 
single player narrative driven like first person or not first person first party exclusives Mm -hmm. that it got to days gone and anything that like a reviewer could find about it they wanted to tear apart because they've been doing or their editors were telling their writers to do that just to make a better buzz instead of just being a you know an article headline like you know sony knocks it out of the park again with you know horizon zero dawn or whatever days gone and you get to days gone and it's like okay that's fucking switch and switch up i think that was more like media tainting that game because it was like it's the first of its kind as far as from that studio and it's coming on the the heels of all these great single player games do do, do they have a list I know that you had a list potentially of what the nominees are for game of the year 2019 yeah let's let's go over that some websites have done uh, like reader polls like they're not gonna be exact because it's not yet when is this again come out in December right the yeah this is this episode's gonna release in December no this is but when The, the only one that we're oh most most game of the year, uh, like the the like a main award show and stuff. Bless you is in December, and okay, then most okay. outlets uh, will either do a podcast or articles or both at, mm-hmm. in December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's usually going to bless you. Sorry. Um, some of the big ones talked about. Uh, this is via Polygon. Mm-hmm. Polygon. Uh, the best of the games of 2019 so far. So this is their list. This is best games on PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, PC, and mobile. Okay. So they hit a little bit of everything. Uh, Outer Wilds. I don't think I've ever played that game. Uh, no, it's coming to the PS4 shortly. It's an indie game that did really well that was on the PC. Okay, so it's already uh, been That's what I want to try and play. It looks really good. It's very interesting. Uh, kind of a, a smaller game, to my yeah. knowledge. Uh, I think that's worthy of being mentioned. Uh, a game called Void Bastards. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'll read this line, too. Uh, Void Bastards is a droll take on the Bioshock format. What? I don't know. A droll take does not... Bode well. Yeah, and that that, that is written by Rush, Russ Frischtostick. She probably uh, look into what droll means. Droll, like... Uh, like drab or dry or... I, I'm telling the dude he should look into what yeah, that's what I mean yeah. I was like that's weird to like use Phrase that it. A in a, a game of the year nominee like you know article but I'm just saying that dude yeah it has it. native connotation yeah it's very weird uh Steam World Quest uh that is a part of like the Steam World Dig kind of universe no idea uh that's an indie game they've had Multiple games in multiple genres. Pretty interesting. Kind of cool. Again, small game, indie game. Uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. That's Mm. probably one of the biggest ones that has been mentioned. Yeah. Uh, That's from From Software. Mm -hmm. Uh, They did uh, Demon's Souls, Dark Souls, Mm -hmm. Bloodborne. Yeah. And now Sekiro is their newest one. Okay, okay. That's what I thought. So... uh, John and I actually discussed Sekiro a little bit last time he was over. Or no, when I went over and I was trying out VR for the first time, actually, is when we discussed it. But Didn't he crack you in the knee with his, when you were playing VR? Or you... Yeah, he cracked me in the knee. And yeah. then he kicked a dog on accident? I almost tripped over a dog, yeah, because his dog Ted was laying down while I was doing... I think he has the Oculus, I think. And, uh, yeah, his dog Ted was, like, laying behind me. And he, he had moved and laid down behind me. And so I stepped back. 
Yeah, I was playing Robo Recall and I stepped backwards and almost fell over. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, from my understanding, the difference is really just is just subtle and it's in the combat. So mm-hmm. like one of the reasons I like Bloodborne so much opposed to Dark Souls is because Dark Souls is very defensive based. Yeah, it's, and you're very offensive. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually aggressive. Like offensive very angry, player. have issues. <laughs> it's like I like to run into battle and be quick and fast. Like yeah. I, I don't want to be like slowly putting up my shield and then taking a hit every you know few seconds and then like timing it and then like then attacking once or twice and then not that's a shield. In it's just too slow paced for me. So that's why I don't like that. that even like in the division when you had a group of people who are like what the hell is? I just take and off. Yeah, and, and that's more defensive based too. That one has a little more forgiving so that you can be more aggressive if you're but decent I'm saying enough. in general, just, that's just you. That's how you play. You never do sneaky mode. Unless it's like an assassin scene when you have to do it to get the trophies because you're a trophy whore. Yeah. That's right. Otherwise, you're just like... <laughs> if it works and it's fun to be stealthy, I will. They don't have a lot of those games either. Like, um... Metal Gear Solid back in the day and, like, Splinter Cell and games mm-hmm. like that were, like, very stealthy. And I love those games. I play them all the time. But the whole combat system game mechanics were built around it yeah they don't really do that anymore assassin's creed has good elements in it where you can be stealthy yeah but even then and they have deep combat trees yeah but it's like if it becomes a shit show you can like just kill everybody yeah in the old school metal gear solids and splinter cells you could not do that yeah if you were caught it was like a done deal kind of a thing you were supposed to be stealthy from my understanding though sekiro is Mm -hmm. not necessarily defensive or offensive based like Bloodborne, it's more based on the parry system. So you have to be able to parry attacks in mm. order to... Which is more timing based and probably a little more fluid. So I might enjoy that one. Potentially, yeah. Uh, in my opinion, looking at it, it looks a lot like Neo, which is another one that is really underrated. So yes. I find Neo's combat to be incredibly like enriching and fun to play and uh-huh. varied. You can make it really slow and defensive if you want, like Dark or Souls, or you can be very quick and offensive like Bloodborne, or you can make it like Sekiro and have to parry. Mm-hmm. Like I like a game where it lets you choose how to play and is difficult, not one that forces you to play in one way. Yeah. Like, the difficulty's not is what bothers me about any of these games. It's the forcing of one version. Yeah, it's how the combat like mm-hmm. plays out and those mechanics is what either makes me like it or dislike yeah. it. Yeah. But Sekiro like... Shadows Die Twice is up there. From okay. Software's got a good pedigree, but they're pretty much making the same game over and over. Yeah. True. Um they got a long bit about Sekiro. Hypnospace Outlaw. <laughs> Set entirely in a late nineties GeoCities like online hub. Boy. That sounds fantastic, because I had a GeoCities website back in the day, so... Of course you did. Yeah, when I was in high school. Ah, the good old days. Uh, looks like another smaller indie game. Not available on console, available Steam, which we don't cover a lot of PC gaming, but it's on Windows PC, Mac, and Linux. It's still gonna get mentioned. Uh, there's another PC one. Total War Three Kingdoms. Total War's a long-running franchise. Um, Mm -hmm. to my knowledge, more is like strategy-based game. Okay. Uh, Linux, Mac, and Windows PC as well. I don't know why they inverted the list. That's weird. Um, it throws me off. Uh, New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Okay. I didn't even know that had been created. I know. Um, yeah, that's exactly how you would think it. Yeah. Would sound. 
Nothing new. Um, Mario Gano was released on the Wii U. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's just like a, that is now on the Switch. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That's why it's the deluxe version, kind of like when uh, Mario Kart. Mario Kart Deluxe 8 or something like that. Yeah, that yeah. was released on the Wii U and then came over to the Switch. Um, so Nintendo wisely is moving over some of the best games on the Wii U that nobody played to the Switch since they have a huge user base now. Well, that makes sense, though, because everyone hated the Wii U. Now they got the Switch and everyone loves the Switch. Might as well just fucking just... But again, Save. a port, so that bothers me a little bit. It's a oh, port yeah, of the we'll game. talk about that, too, because there's a couple in there that... Uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake. Remake. That released in February. Great game. Fantastic remake. Like, but it's a remake. But it's a remake, yeah. So, again, some original. issues there. Uh, what else we got? Slay the Spire. The Spiral. <laughs> uh, Roguelite, that is on PC. Mm. That console. Uh, Baba is You. It's like a Baba puzzle Yaga. game. It is on PC and mm. Switch. Uh, Apex Legends, which I did not realize had released this year. Ugh, yeah. uh, I believe that came out in February as well. And that's on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. <laughs> that's how I feel about that. Yeah, really. Bless you. Thank you. Sorry. But yeah, we're getting uh, another Battle Royale game. I think, you know, is Leaps and Bounds better than uh, Fortnite. Mm. But still. it's still a Battle Royale game. And that is all this article actually brings up. Uh, there was an IGN one. Actually, it's right here. Uh, this is their, like, reader hold yeah. uh, article. A lot of similar games, uh, a mm-hmm. little bit more succinct. They have Apex Legends as well and Sekiro uh, Shadows Die Twice as well as Resident Evil 2 Remake. Uh, they also included in their poll Mortal Kombat 11, Tom Clancy's The Division 2, and Days Gone. That's the only one that ever mentions Days Gone. Uh, yeah, and Days Gone's, uh, like I said, this is a reader submitted poll via IGN, so they have percentage breakdowns. This is based on it's roughly like... 35,000 votes. Uh, Days Gone is last with 8.6%. Jesus. However, there is kind of a cluster around it. Uh, Tom Clancy's Division 2 only has 10.1%. Mm-hmm. Apex Legends only has 9.8%, just barely higher than Days Gone. And Mortal Kombat 11 is at 12%. So those four games are kind of clustered around each other. Uh, the breakouts in this particular poll is Sekiro with almost 25%. Mm-hmm. And Resident Evil 2 Remake leads that pack with 34%. Alright. But that's kind of like the general uh-huh. outline. The only other two that I would include that I've been hard-pressed to find any outlet really cover mm-hmm. is Borderlands 3 and mm-hmm. um, Devil May Cry 5. Yeah, and so that's another thing we need to bring up. Why in the hell is a remake being nominated? I don't know. I know in years past when I would follow other journalists and reviewers or internet personalities that covered video games in the industry, Mm. uh, they've discussed that before. Like, do remakes or remasters or courts deserve to be... Nominated. Nominated, yeah. Or have a possibility to win. I don't think so, honestly. And some of them... Have said that as well, and then some of them have, you know, vied for them or made the distinction between a remaster and a remake, especially nowadays. Uh, I'm in the same camp as you. I think a remake or a remaster should be. Or a port. Or a port, yeah. Because they had their chance the years that they came out to Mm -hmm. be game of the year. And And if they didn't win then... Why the fuck... And it's the same game, relatively speaking. 
or even just in spirit of the same game, how and why would it win? Yeah, why does it matter now? It's kind of like, in my mind, you think of new books that came out. Mm-hmm. Like That's a sphere that I'm very in touch with as well. New yeah. books come out in 2019. There's a book of the year, or maybe even a book of the genre, like best horror novel of the year. You yeah. Know? And say, okay, well, it's this. I don't think this came out this year, but you know, Stephen King's The Outsider is like best mm-hmm. horror novel of 2018. And like, okay, imagine if you had a. This is the third, you know, reprint. I'm sure it's way further in this of Stephen King's The Shining. Yeah. Because it's a new reprint and has hit store shelves with a different cover and now it's a trade paperback. Mm. And it is up for best horror book of 2018, the same year. And it wins. And it's like, well, you have this new novel that was written that is like contemporaneous and it's that's coming out or came out. Yeah. That is representative of that year mm. or of that genre. Why would a book from 50 years ago mm-hmm. be considered to be the best book of the year, the best horror novel of the year? That well, it, yeah. That like, just... that seems... Now we're taking in all of consideration pretty much every single video game made or every single book made or every single album made or every single film mm-hmm. made, and it's like, that's not then the best of that year, of the year, and then there's no point to even have it. You're pretty much just saying the best of all time. Yeah. And that's different. That is completely different, and I agree, because it's like, that's a good kind of, like, to preface it and put a stamp on it. It's like, you've already read it. Yeah, and they just stopped in the cover. And Resident it. Evil Two, the original, plays like exactly Resident like, Evil Two remake. Like it does. It's the same story. It's like it's just tweaked with like modern benefits, like graphics and like quality of life improvements. Can, That's all it is. Can you play as Claire in the original? I don't know. I played too much of Resident Evil Two. I played a little bit of it. The one I really played was Resident Evil Three Nemesis. Mm-hmm. But I have Resident Evil Two on the PS One. We played it that one day. Oh, yeah, but I don't right. recall too much of it. Um, like, but yeah, what I'm saying is, like, you basically have already played that game, and I feel like... It's just, like, the new improved version of that game. So I could picture, you know, it, it makes sense to call it, like, the definitive version of that game, but it still is well, I feel that like game. A definitive edition wouldn't exist without the original. No, and I feel like if you're going to go that, make it a different genre. Don't make it game of the year, make it a remastered game of the year. Yeah, I get to do, like, subcategories within an award show or however... Which a lot of people do. Yeah, or a particular, like, website wants to do their breakdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, with so many remasters and remakes and stuff, I can picture them doing that. What's the the best remake remaster of the year? Yeah. Oh, the, Resident Evil 2. Yeah, know? what's oh, the okay. best it won that category. Of the year. It. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, it's like, oh, no, it's, uh, you know... New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe or whatever. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. best port of the year. And it's like, oh, okay, like, cool, I get that. Is no. it the game of the year? No. And it's like, well, no, well, no like, because we had, you know, Sekiro and Borderlands and Days Gone and Devil May Cry. Like, yeah, these are new even, games of that year. You don't even hear any BuzzFeed about Devil May Cry 5. And that, honestly, is an amazing game because it's got, like, three different ways to fucking play on that game. Oh, yeah, and it's... It's got uh, probably the longest campaign out of any of them. It's got all the extras from the old ones. Like it's got new original characters and storyline. Mm-hmm. Beautiful game. Great mechanics. Yep. Like it's probably the best of the series. Mm-hmm. And Devil May Cry is already an award-winning series. No, no. And it's like no talk about. It, nope. Which no is buzz. bizarre. No buzz. No fuzz. Nothing. None of the sorts. And it's just like, and I agree. It's just like it makes it hard for. People will come out with, like, Days Gone or new games or games that deserve a uh, feed because, you know, you like you said, they got the editor saying, you know, lambast it because this again, how dare it be an amazing game for an uh, like, exclusive game. or And it just sucks because 
you don't, they don't get that recognition that they deserve. And like, oh, well, Resident Evil 2, that's been out for so many years, got remastered. Woohoo! It wins again! Yeah, and it's like it came out in 1998. That's like, well, we already know the story. It's mm-hmm. like, it's the same publisher. Like, we, it's like, we already know about Resident Evil 2. Yeah, it's like, like... It's a brilliant, great game. I just don't think it should be even a consideration or a talks for Game of the Year. No, like we said, do a subcategory. It does seem very disrespectful to the ones that do have, like, original or new IPs or, like, new sequels or whatever it is, or even indie games, like, in 2019. Yeah, exactly. They don't even get a chance. No. Or a shot. Because it's like, oh, yeah, you know this fantastic game that came out 20 years ago? We just, like, polished it and put new graphics on it. It's like, that's probably going to win. And it's like, what about the, the hardworking people, like, now? That yeah. made a game for gamers now and so, well, this the is PS4 another tangential thing too because like with remasters, they completely remake them, don't they? Uh, remakes, they completely remake them. Yeah. So you get like your um, like Crash Bandicoot mm-hmm. was completely remade. Um, Medieval, which is coming out on the twenty fifth, <laughs> which has already been out for you know six weeks. By the time you listen to this, that was completely remade. Um, that they they break it down and they rebuild up. Um, remasters, you're essentially just getting kind of like a extra coat of paint over the top. So, it's like it's like your deck's chipped away and you restained it and then did a top coat. Okay, that would be like a remaster. That's okay. what you did. It's and like it's chipped away over the years just because the hardware's gotten so much better and maybe like the textures don't look as great now or so they're not really. You know, the frame rate was locked in at thirty frames per second and people are used to a little faster gameplay yeah. with sixty frames remasters they'll roll in and they'll do that it's like they'll lock in frame rates at so they don't frames. have like a they'll big up res it too no they're usually smaller and they have usually separate studios mm. especially the uh like sony and microsoft and stuff they mm. they will have like blue point games is one that they do a lot of like remasters mm-hmm. of games and stuff they usually don't start over and just take the original as inspiration so Resident Evil Two would be a remaster. They they built that from the front, like ground up, just based on Resident Evil Two. Okay. So and they, Final Fantasy Seven is like the same that's coming out in twenty twenty is going to be the same kind of way as Resident Evil Two. But it, it again again then again still the argument is that it's not an original idea. It was already done. It was already done. Yeah, twenty years ago. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause if we were talking about like Resident Evil Seven, I would say yeah, that should be like up for game of the year. Like, it didn't come out this year, but well, I'm just saying, if it released this year, you're like, that's fine. Yeah, because it's a, new, a new, new idea, new game, new everything. And then it's like, the others, like you said, yeah, they may take the mechanics and rebuild it, but it's still the same game. Yeah, and I'm not, like, saying that the people that worked on these remakes aren't doing great things or aren't talented people. No, that's not what we're saying. But it gives people who come up and with... And maybe a better analogy, like, from the book one, isn't necessarily, like, a remaster would be, like, a reprint of a book. Um, you'd say, you know, like, in this instance, like, you... Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're essentially, like, plagiarizing. Yeah. Like, you're making the same book under your name. Yeah. And, and just try to improve it because you know a lot about it. And it's like, it's still, I mean, it, like, you are paying homage and doing right by the original creators, but you're not really making anything on your own. No. It's not a new original idea. And it just kind of sucks that games like Days Gone, Borderlands 3, ones that honestly, Those are, like, originals. Yeah. Originals and amazing games aren't getting the recognition that they deserve. Yeah, and Days Gone, it's like, I know it did really poorly review-wise, and it's Jesus not... Jesus Christ has a popularized game, though. 
Yeah, there's a lot of talk about it. It reminds me of Fallout 76. Yeah. Where it seems like everyone dislikes it mm-hmm. or that it was bad. But then you dive into the communities and you see the growth in those communities yeah. over a set period of time. And it's like, if it's really that bad, why is there so many more people playing it? Or why, why are there so many people talking community? about yeah, it? Yeah, why like, are there so many people doing it? Like, you have the virtual photography, like, community, mm-hmm. like, really embracing Days Gone. And, and, and which is nice because you have the opportunity to, because it's honestly a really gorgeous game. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. Like, and then they've done right by. <laughs> their their players. Now we figured out Deacon St. John actually does a lot of voice acting. Oh yeah, it just it acts period, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, with free free patches and DLC and extra content mm-hmm. and new modes, like they, that game does not have a season pass. No. But they've added so much to it and it was already a huge game and a long game. Like, yeah, it was long, I remember like, but appropriately long. Not yeah, not like fucking eighty hours or some shit like that. Yeah, that's like in 40 hours, but yeah. Well, play it multiple times, yeah. You're getting well, yeah, there. if any game you play multiple times, you can rack in the hours, but it's not like a 15-minute game like uh, Destiny. Yeah. Or a 20-hour game like... Uh, Don't make cry. It's like about 20 hours, campaign-wise. Campaign-wise, but it's... But that know, has higher, probably, replay value. Higher replay value. And I was talking more about, like, uh, New Dawn. New... Far Cry. Oh, for our new Dawn, yeah. That's just kind of like an in-between installment for Ubisoft. No, I know. I'm just saying in general. Just something like that. Mm. I'm surprised, like... Because like... What? Didn't that game come out this year? It too? did, yeah. There's just, like, no mention of that either. No. Like, no. Which is surprising with a... Uh, that's the other thing that kind of gets mm-hmm. me. With the year that's so limited on games, mm-hmm. like we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, you know, our ideas or thoughts on, like, why... It's that way. Yeah. You would think that with a smaller pool of like big games or high-ranking games, you would have games like Far Cry New Dawn in talks for maybe not Game of the Year, mm-hmm. but maybe some of the other categories. And it's like even that game is not discussed. No, and it just, I just, it just doesn't feel like it's a fair game or voting, not voting system, but just in general. It's like because, like you said, editors can tell the people who are writing about lambast this game, make it sound like it's shitty, just so. Sony doesn't get another game of the year or something like that because yeah. bias that's what the word I'm looking for isn't oh, really bias headlines yeah say the opposite so we stand out and that that does happen in that industry that's unfortunate especially with these big media mm-hmm. it's like we even read some experts or excerpts from like Polygon and IGN <laughs> they're huge excerpts excerpts experts experts <laughs> that's okay I say stuff like that all the time but and it's like how true it's Are just they to the game or their opinions or yeah or what actually the general population is thinking? Yeah, and you don't. Is it so insular that they're only thinking about them and their community? Like even the IGN reader poll, like you think maybe that would be a better kind of like it's test bigger. or like control group, but all those people that voted in that poll are IGN fans. Oh yeah, they're gonna have a bias. Yeah, I feel like... If there are like... ones that were, like, willing to and did participate in the IGN poll, odds are all of their video game news has, be, has been from IGN over the course of a year mm-hmm. or even the course of several years. So it's like there is going to be a slight shift in thought mm-hmm. with how IGN's, like, writers and editors, yeah. like, their content that they create. The readers are going to fall in line. So even that is not, like, a true, like, test. You need a random... 
like assortment of people. You do. And then, then that comes into play. How the fuck do you do that? With social media nowadays, I mean, it would be fairly easy. You would definitely need, like, an, an independent third-party group, though. That's Someone the only completely biased, maybe something that doesn't even have piece of, like, a company that has nothing to do with video games to run it. That's what I mean. You'd have to do, like, um, you know, like... PR. Like, the uh, MPD, like, group that does, like, sales for video games or something. They're not creating any video game content themselves, ooh, yeah. or a perspective, or a write-up, or reviews, or anything like that. They're just totally in sales. Like, they could probably conduct a poll, like, via, you know, Twitter or, or social media or, or all of the above kind of a thing, and then people could weigh in and vote. And that would probably be less Because there's so many outlets biased. you could do that to, and it just makes it more... Yeah, people are going to fall in line if you prefer, like, Kotaku or Polygon or GameSpot or IGN, and they're going to start to think like their writers and editors. Yeah, but if you get, like you said, a third party and says, just vote here, what do you, what do you think is your favorite game of the year, or yeah. what you've played, or something along those lines, and gives an opportunity for something else besides a remaster or a remake, an opportunity to be game of the year, like Borderlands 3, or yeah. Devil May Cry, or... You know, something like those. Because like, even, like, the video game awards is very intimately attached to a lot of these outlets or even, like, the bigger, like, independent ones now. Mm-hmm. And they have the same... They run in the same circles. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, you're seeing the same, like, journalists or ex-journalists, gaming journalists, like, host or be nominated. And yeah. it's, like, well, now we're just talking about a boys club. Yeah, and that's Or just because it's 2019 and supposedly we're progressive. It's a boys and girls club. Really? But I was like, regardless, it's still an exclusive club and not representative of By gamers. The general population of people. Like, you can say that it is, but it's like, it's either tainted at the top level with bias because mm-hmm. these people are following a specific outlet or person. Yeah. Or it's rigged from the start. Mm-hmm. And it's like editorial staff or a CEO of the company or, you know, you had a bad interaction with a Ben Studio PR person. Yeah. And whether you knew it or not, you let it out in your Days Gone review. Like, I mean, there's so many different possibilities mm-hmm. that we're not going to be able to see because they or, can't even discuss or, or won't discuss. Or even like your editor told you to lambast and no matter how much you actually really like the game. Yeah. And then in that situation, are you going to lose your job? Yeah, or get demoted, or lose credibility and reputation, you know, at minimum. And then not get, you know... That paid. career that you actually want, or that job, or that promotion that you want, or right. not be able to Into feed the boys yourself. Club. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like, then you're you're not being altruistic, you're worried about yourself, and you're not doing it for the art of journalism, or for what's right. Nope. So it's like, and that works, that's true for any sort of journalism. Well, but. yeah, I mean, I'm not saying there's not a line, and, you know, you're kind of backed into a corner by the same time. Yeah, pseudonyms for a reason. Yeah, it's like, that's how these systems work. And especially nowadays, I've read so many video game journalists will will say stupid things and do stupid things. What, what is that one line that they always use for SSSino? Or for... Oh, that was like any Ubisoft game. But yeah, that it's like their first game is always a template and the second game is always improves upon... Yeah, the, the first the game. Te- and that's literally verbatim of the... And it, yeah, and it's like every single article about any single like Ubisoft, Ubisoft sequel... Has that line. Is that. And it's like, oh man. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Because when I was working as a freelance journalist 10 years ago... Have you even had remotely anything like that? Yeah, it was... If your sentence structure was too similar to that of another article or similar piece... 
You'd either regret it. Yeah, or you, at worst, would be accused of plagiarism. Mm-hmm. The sentence structure. Like, you're not even using the same verbiage or conveying <laughs> the same thing. It's just you mimic the sentence structure of another writer. Mm-hmm. And editors were keen enough and knowledgeable enough to find it, like, nonetheless. Yeah. Like, their breadth of knowledge of, like, current articles and writers, you know, of well, the that's, moment. That's why they get paid the big bucks for being editors. And being able to point it out and, like, I said, I mean, there's, like, a, a technical and a, like, current knowledge of, mm-hmm. like, their own field. It's, like, they, they oftentimes would do that. Like, I never got called out on that thing, but there's other writers that I worked with that did, that did regularly. Like, yeah. They would do an article, and to them it was, like, wholly independent, and they weren't mimicking or reading other people's work. But you would read the pieces, and even the sentence, because the sentence structures were the same, they sounded the same. Yeah. The cadence and, like, the pauses and, like, how you would, like, actually verbalize it, especially since uh, video reviews and articles were becoming more and more of a big thing. When it's read aloud, Mm -hmm. they sound the same Same. because the sentence structure is the same, especially if it's, like, continuous throughout an article. Mm -hmm. That's why you would get, you know, accused of plagiarism or told to rewrite. Mm -hmm. And now you can just fucking say the same thing over and over. And it does. It it shifts perspective on, you know, games of the year or if a a game's good or bad. Mm -hmm. It's disappointing. And it just doesn't give opportunity for... You know, across the board, not just like a specific platformer or, you know, a specific hardware. Does it give opportunity for a game that honestly may be really good to get nominated or even win? Yeah. It is this boy. It's definitely, it shines the light away from those that are probably most deserving. It does. Because, like you said, you know, Frick the Devil May Cry 5 came out and, like, you heard anything of it since it came out. It didn't have neg- negative reviews, did really well. But Nines still. and tens, not even discussed. No. Day is Gone, which is supposedly a bad game. Still. Limitedly, like, discussed. But it's still discussed because it's actually not a bad game. And so you can see that there is a... A fluctuation. Like, yeah. In that. Like, because... Was it a dissonance in cognitive, like, functionality? Yeah, like, yeah. There, it's, like, there's just, right. like... There's just that shift between the mind and the page mm-hmm. that obviously is trying to be recognized. Mm-hmm. And that's why Days Gone is in discussion because people who played through the game and picked it up and like gave it a chance realized that it's not a bad game and it never was. Yeah. So now there's just like you're there's, there's just a small this valley voice, there. Yeah, a small voice down at the very bottom saying, Hey, I'm actually a pretty good game. Yeah, again, because it just like we're about the writing. Is. Yeah. And Gaming journalists, for whatever reason, and we provided our own conjectures, just didn't label it as such. But even that is discussed. But Devil May Cry 5... Wasn't discussed at all. It's not discussed at all. And it's like, with a game with such... Or with a year with such limited, like, game of the year, like, potential, like, why is that not even in... Discussion. Discussion. It's like, these bizarre games... Well, yeah, the weird one-off ones, and like, you know, New Dawn, Far Cry New Dawn isn't even mentioned, and that did well... Just a bunch of games like that, maybe smaller or ones that aren't remasters or remakes. It's just or really oddities. Or and, and Borderlands Three, which everyone was incredibly excited for, has a, a fantastic like pedigree and history, and they've really done right by their player base too by releasing that free DLC for Borderlands Two. They released the first Borderlands mm-hmm. leading up to it. They've been really active on. Uh, Twitch and kind of that public relations like sphere. Nothing. And then nothing. There, there's there's really no conversation about Borderlands Three either, which is 
And, and that's, that's done really well. That's a pretty yeah. big game, too, isn't it? It's a really big game. Dork. Definitely a triple A. And it, it's just... Where'd you go? Yeah, it's like even the big games that came out this year, there's Ooh. not as many of them as there has been years before, but we're not even discussing all of them. No, and like, like, we're only discussing Resident Evil 2 Remake. A little bit of Days Gone if uh, an outlet like deems it worthy enough. Yeah, deems it worthy, keyword there. And, and uh, Apex Legends. Really. And then we're ignoring Borderlands 3, uh, most of Days Gone, Devil May Cry 5. Well, even like, still, we still have two more months. Like, we still have. Outsiders is still coming out. We still have uh, the Geralt of Mo- the, the oh Death Stranding, Death Stranding's and the coming Outer out. Worlds, yeah. Outer Worlds. Oh, little to know about the Outer Worlds, which I find disappointing. I don't know if that's just PR because of Obsidian, because they were just recently purchased by Microsoft, so it was already kind of promised for cross-plat, but. Still, there's no buzz about those, so it's like what it. Death comes... Stranding, obviously, been a lot of buzz and talk about, but I've noticed that a lot of uh, articles are kind of shifting to that negative, like days gone. Because yeah, it's the, they're trying to shift to the negativity toward it because it was so pined after, and now it's coming out. People are like, well, fuck this game. Yeah, there's no way it could come out that quick. Or Hideo Kojima is you know lost his touch, or it's like there's a loss of faith without even a finished product. Yeah, they haven't even like in played. Their hands. They haven't even played the goddamn game. No, they'll be excited for years up to it. But if it had gone too long, the people would have complained that they announced it too quick. And then if it comes out, which it is, it's already been certified and has gone gold. Yeah, that. Uh, it came out too quickly. And so it's like, what do you yeah, we, want? Yeah, what the right? fuck do you want? But then again, I feel like that's not the people. That's the... Uh, it, it's uh, just like the media. Journalists, yeah. Media, journalists, and stuff like that. They're not voicing what people actually think. No. They're providing their own opinions and trying to sell it as a majority. And then that's not the case at all. It's It's a combination of things where people don't really get that opinion or voice. Yeah. And, in my opinion, like, IGN and some of these other ones, especially IGN, the really call on the, the, the kettle black here. <laughs> They've had so many um, high-profile, like, sexual misconduct cases, like, with editors and, like, managers and supervisors and stuff with their own company mm-hmm. and, like, writers and journalists and stuff. They still feel the need to shove down your throat this self-righteous... Like, we're the best, it's mm-hmm. just our opinion, but it's absolutely right because I've been in gaming journalism for 20 years. And it's like, well, you've also been a human your entire life and you felt that it was okay to grope some woman in your office. But <laughs> your 20 years of experience as a gaming journalist really, like, trumps Ooh, anything yeah. else. And I know you have to be right well, because then, of And it. then we get the side avenues, like, no, oh, that's a tangential conversation. It is a tangential <laughs> conversation, but, uh, but it's like, but then pretty you much get... you just drank the Kool-Aid and you actually don't really have Yeah, Kool-Aid. And, but then you get, like, what's that one that you love to watch when we got together that you hate to watch? Oh, kind of funny. Kind of funny games. Yeah. Because and then they split up, and then, then, then Kind of Funny Games basically is IGN, but smaller. Yes, it very much is. Like, Greg like, Miller is obviously the the tour de force behind that now, and pretty much has sold. And that's why the one guy left, because he didn't want to be that. Yes. And Colin Morality, who is very, like, polarizing, especially because of his political views, like, a lot of people hate him. Yeah. 
and he gets in fights with like other journalists and stuff all but the he's time, real, and other internet celebrities. But that's why I prefer him because he's real. He's, he's not real, fake, and, and he never says that he's like perfect. Like he no, says he, that he's flawed, and, and that his he's opinions not always aren't right. popular. Like, and you know, he'll play the arrogant bravado type, but he'll also be quick to admit that that's I was what it wrong is. or I did he's this. He's playing the part. Yeah. And it's like, but also providing his opinion. But mm-hmm. that's why he wanted to be well, go away from IGN, small and not be a part of IGN, and wanted to focus on other things. Wanted to do politics as well as video games and Sony and stuff. And, and then he's what he wanted. Yeah, to Greg do. Miller just like not want to be like IGN, but my, do my own thing. But which is exactly, but just have controlling interest. It's exactly. kind of what it came down yeah. to. It seemed like a money thing, really, at that point. It's like I I was willing to not even save a relationship with my best friend. Because I would lose my company and therefore lose my money. And, and I don't want to like, do any of that. Well, you could have actually stuck up for him and changed things and to still, benefit him and, and still continued your company. But it was going to be difficult and you wouldn't be, you know, IGN's little stepbrother. Yeah. yeah and then that's, but solely controlling the cash flow. Well, it's so, disappointing. Yeah. Like, that's pretty much the definition of a sellout. Well, I mean, to kind of like preface and wrap up, I feel like, you know, hopefully... Since it's not over yet, hopefully, I mean, by the time this comes out, we'll be pleasantly surprised. But I'm not holding my breath either. I say not be pleasantly surprised or even that it matters so much. I think it's good to dissect and discuss, but what really matters is what is our game of the year? What is Rage Quit? What do we endorse? Batman. No. Um, (laughs) I honestly feel like game of the year for me should be Borderlands 3. Makes sense. Why is that? I love Borderlands. Like, I love the franchise. I love the story. I love just the craziness of it. Fucking Borderlands is legit. Yeah. And the four characters, and I want to play the siren, but I like Borderlands. And and it's not necessary because I don't play a whole lot, but Borderlands just, is just amazing. It's been such a long time since they've actually came out with a game. Yeah. And how they did it, too, how they released... DLC for free and the first game and all this stuff like that. Hey, hey, try this before you try the third one. Yeah. Play, play. See what we are. Kind of bridge the gap of goodwill. Bridge the gap of the goodwill and then, boom, here's our game. Yeah. No, I, that's a, I think that's a fantastic choice and a worthy choice. What is yours, Cancer? I think I know yours is. Uh, my is gone. <laughs> Called it. <laughs> Devil May Cry 5 is really fucking gross. I know, I know. You're so you're so excited about that, but then Days Gone just snuck in and stole your heart. It did, yeah. Freaking it, Deacon St. John in that voice. Yeah, Deacon St. John <laughs> was fantastic. I thought the story was great. I mm-hmm. thought... Character development was amazing. Character development was really good. It had it was well-written. It was a gorgeous game, too. Mm-hmm. Um, being from the inland mm-hmm. northwest of the Pacific Northwest... Kind of cool to see that, too. Yeah, it's like you're seeing places that like I've been to. Yeah. Like, or we visited, and um, that was really interesting. I also enjoyed the the mechanics mm-hmm. and uh, that challenges, it was like a slow build the free release, to it. yeah, the free DLC, and then they added survival mode, new game plus mode, and they've just done, I think, an amazing job of in studio, oh, yeah. and um, I think they knocked it out of the park, and I think they're more deserving than what they've been getting. I do too, but no, I think Days Gone is definitely my game of the year, and then my my close runner up would be Devil May Cry Five. I think mine would be uh, Days Gone would be my close runner-up, and then Devil May Cry would be my third, if anything. Yeah. So. And, and Devil May Cry 5 is like a second-place spot, or even a third-place spot. Is, like, I think so, yeah. Like, it's, yeah, and then, you know. It's done so well, and... Do the different gameplay, and again, that's another... Yeah. 
Well, we can definitely talk about that series oh, yeah. or the characters in a later podcast. But it's like I don't think it's as important to discuss what other people. I think it's important to discuss rather. I don't think it's uh, important to like uh, warrant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, importance. Yeah. About these outlets or these like award shows and who they pick. I think they like, need to I be. Anything needs to be changed. It needs to be revamped. Yeah. To I make think, it. I think it needs to be up to the people. Gamers. I feel like nothing can be up to the people in a lot of scenarios. But yes, mm-hmm. I agree. No, I mean to gamers, like yeah. gamers who have played these games and who... have played games continuously, or kids okay. just are, even into like games. even like we've talked about too, people who have multiple freaking consoles who've played all the games and to feel have their opinion of what their favorite game of the year is. Yeah. They just, they need more of a CA. And I think leaving it up to these kind of people is just kind of nonsensical. It is. And it's messing it up, honestly. I'd rather even have, like, a coalition of, like, you know, podcasts our size. Like, yeah. Ask, you know, our listeners or our, you know, social media followers. And then take followers, all, and that then take all and of it and into like a poll. Exactly. Instead of having, you know, two dozen IGN writers and editors yell at each other to come up with a definitive list. Yeah. Or it's write like, the same article over and over again. Yeah. It's just... It's, it's just too one-sided and doesn't make sense. Nope. All right. Well, I, I feel honestly that uh, wraps up game of the year. Hopefully yeah. we get more buzz on other games, but again, again, not holding my breath. Hopefully things change, but again, <laughs> not holding my breath. Yeah, we'll do like an addendum or an extra part to this podcast. Yeah, like a 15-minute dramatic changes, changes but <laughs> like if Death Stranding just blows everything out of the water and it's, oh, then, you know, then we'll talk is, about that you know one of the best games ever made um they'll definitely warrant further discussion yeah mm-hmm. there'll be an addendum to this podcast um but otherwise yeah this would be the last one for the year yeah. Ooh, ah. Ah. and then we'll be back first week in January for Rage Quit bum, 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 bum. yeah but you can catch us here Every week. Was it Wednesdays? Wednesdays. Yes, Wednesdays. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so when this releases in December, what you're listening to right now, uh, I'm going to be taking the rest of the month off to enjoy the holidays. But like I said, we'll be back January. Oh, of course. Yep. We ain't going anywhere too far. No, not at all. But thanks for listening in. Uh, Tune in and comment if you have... Or, you know, a different opinion for what Agree, disagree, hate what we said, hate how we are, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works for you. Yeah. It's open for discussion. And, you know, uh, follow, find me at on Twitter at Merhobbit. I'm at Anthony R. Schultz, and I also stream five nights a week at AS Inquisitor. Exactly. On Twitch. Find us and say something. Do it. Well, as always, follow Sydney. the Sydney. <laughs> 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 Parnassus. Uh, Ten years ago. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been an episode of Rage Quit. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, episode 14. Peace. Bye. <laughs> we talked about how if anything changed with uh, Game of the Year, uh, like uh, nominees or our opinion or contenders or any kind of new news or anything, mm-hmm. that we would record a separate chunk to add on to the original <laughs> podcast. So you were, you were listening to this all in one, though. Shut up. For us, this is a few weeks apart. It's like early October to or like mid-November. Oh, yeah. It's midway through November, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Because when we first recorded, uh, Medieval hadn't come out. No. The Outer Worlds hadn't come out. Nope. 
Death Stranding hadn't come out, nope. and Pokemon hadn't come out. Did that come out? I believe so. People are getting a hold of copies of it. Oh, well. I, know, I know Walmart and stuff I saw on Twitter this morning was, uh, they've had huge issues with that, but uh, like letting people buy it like, through, like days early and stuff, and this is which they're not supposed to do, yeah. <laughs> but... Like... Walmart's just leaking stuff and yeah, selling well, stuff like, early. You don't pay me enough to fucking care at Walmart. This is exactly what they say. Yeah, but for a corporation, they get a lot of trouble for that. Yeah, fair enough. All right, well, so now that we've played Medieval and Outer Worlds, we haven't played Dress Stranding. No, but we have enough news about it, and there's been enough kind of feedback and other mm-hmm. reviews. Uh, and then Pokemon's the same kind of way. I yeah. I caught up on like news today about mm-hmm. Pokemon Sword and Shield, and we're like right in there for release. Okay. I, I can look that up real quick to see when the hard release day was. Uh, we are recording this on what is it, November twelfth, thirteenth, thirteenth. Yep, November thirteenth. Sorry. Um. So I will look up the hard release date for Pokemon. Pokemon. But we did want to touch base on some of the other games that we either missed out on or there just wasn't enough news to discuss. Mm-hmm. I don't think... My opinion hasn't changed for Game of the Year. That's what I was just going to bring up. Mine hasn't changed either. Um, we some of these games I've played and then some of these... Like I said, we've just looked up... Or I have. I've looked up news articles mm-hmm. and stuff or read reviews yeah. or um, opinions that more kind of aligned to my own. Mm-hmm. Like other kind of like enthusiasts and stuff. Uh, November 15th. So I guess we're two days away from it, but I don't know if review copies are going out or if they're being sold early like I was discussing or what exactly is going on with that, but people are playing it. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, stuff's going on. Don't know. But no, I I, honestly, after watching you playing Hour of the Worlds and everything, my opinion hasn't changed. That game ended up kind of being a huge disappointment in my opinion. Yeah, and we... Right after this, actually, we're going to be... Because the, these are all going to be spaced out release, uh, like, wise. Yeah. Pod, podcast release wise, they're going to be, like, spaced out. But we're actually going to record, and that's going to be part mm-hmm. of, a like, the discussion for that episode. There's something else that I, that I don't want to tell you because I want your, like, fresh opinion when we talk about it. And it pertains to what you do and what you like to do. I feel like that's a trap. Like no, that. it's not a trap. It's I a just trap. Wa- I just want an honest gut, re- <laughs> uh, like, opinion. Because I already have a formed opinion because of what I did before career-wise, so I. But you have something that you can definitely offer. I feel like it's a trap. It's not a trap. I'm being very vague yeah. and kind of cagey, but. I'm um, it's a trap. We're gonna be recording kind of a, a more in-depth. It might run a little bit longer because we're. I think we're gonna. I don't think we will be discussing the <laughs> outer worlds. I should just leave it at that and cut it. I don't think end podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And that was the last one. <laughs> I don't think he died. I don't know. The, the hamster fell off the wall. <laughs> yeah, it did a little bit. <laughs> it got flung off the wall. <laughs> <floor. laughs> sliding hamster. down the glass of the terrarium. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we will be discussing the Outer Worlds in depth in a spoiler cast mm. episode. And then that'll be in conjunction with what I was kind of being cagey about. Kind of a, a side topic that attaches to it. Yeah, being a dick. Yeah, I agree. The Outer Worlds was, I I had really high expectations for it. It looked something that I would like, I would totally enjoy and love, mm-hmm. and I was very excited for it. Especially, you know, we played for like my birthday, and uh, yeah, I was I was kind of disappointed by it. I thought it was just a good game. Yeah. And when I I'm actually working on a review for it right now, which will be a little bit more in depth. 
than what I've done for AS Inquisitor, but I'd like to do more of it. Uh, there's mm-hmm. going to be a, a write-up, uh, you know, a hard review, and then there's going to be, like, an accompanying, like, YouTube video with it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, when I was doing the pros and cons, like, kind of list, mm-hmm. which sometimes I would do for, like, reviews when I uh, was working as a journalist... Uh, there was a lot more cons than pros. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. Yeah, it was like a hiccup. <laughs> you're just having a difficult time. I guess yet, I am, know? I guess. I'm the one that's been talking at work all day, and you're the one that's falling apart, <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> you I'm just mad. I haven't like, talked at all today. I've been, been listening to things today. But my listening skills are good. My speaking skills. Oh, well, when you no. talk with the toddler, well, he's going gonna... <laughs> <laughs> to... You start to flub over words a little bit. Or you just make sounds. <laughs> Like, I mean, that happens on a regular basis when you only have a two-year-old. <laughs> it's way easier to communicate with, hi than, like, how are you doing today, little person? Like, it just doesn't, like, and if he ever bust out, like, a, a cap of cane and a monocle, and it was like, good day to you, sir, and then, like, it wanders off, like, I will be amazed, and my speech level will probably increase, but. <laughs> Until then, he trips over his own feet and then cries, so. Exactly, yeah, my uh, persuasion ability on the outer worlds will plus 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Your persuasion in the Schultz is out. Plus 10. Exactly. <laughs> well, we said that perk point. Oh. <laughs> oh. Poor Ollie. <laughs> Poor Ollie. But yes, no, I feel like with the games I've been going around, even with Outer Worlds and uh, Death Stranding, my brain, <laughs> you brain the brain, um, Death Stranding, even though it was getting good reviews and everything, I just feel like the games that I picked for a game of the year are still yeah my opinion uh what should be game of the year not what they're fucking throwing out there yeah i think borderlands 3 is definitely a, a worthy and like good choice yeah. for the year um yeah the outer worlds just kind of didn't meet the mark for me and so it doesn't it doesn't dethrone uh days gone no at no. all um which is funny because, like, one of the big issues, like, with uh, Days Gone was uh, a lot of people said it was, like, very unpolished, especially at first. But it's, like, I, I feel like the Outer Worlds is, like, really rough well, yeah, for what it, it is. They had, like, a huge-ass glitch where it's, like, the sound was completely off for an entire level of the game. Oh, yeah, I had to completely, like, close everything out and, like, reboot back in. I never had that happen with Days Gone, and I I played that from day one on, too. Well, I know, but I'm saying with the Outer Worlds, it still happened even though you rebooted it. Like, they had to patch it. Yeah, the audio was a little bit rough, especially, like, with the synchronization or, like, looping. Mm -hmm. That was a common thing. And then we'll get more into this into the spoiler cast for it, but... Uh, I had one of the main companions just their Die. their quest yeah their quest line like randomly glitched out at the end so I wasn't able to finish it just didn't register mm-hmm. even though I had the conversation and like agreed to do it and it told me like the location uh, never. it never came up in my quest log and then it wouldn't allow me to go do it anyways and then yeah that character when they did like the final wrap up after I completed the game was like this character just died and then they just moved on and the character had not died like in my yeah in uh, gameplay at all. all like uh they were still alive so that was that was really weird I, like a lot of this stuff will like kind of shelve but yeah it definitely wasn't game of the year for me uh Death Stranding I think could be if I had like played it a little bit mm-hmm. but you are right the um, I feel like the reviews are just as polarizing as days gone were yeah so it's, it's I mean, just kind of hard because it's just like it's hard to judge you get people like it's just a 
dumb delivery game. Why the fuck am I wasting all my time? Yeah, some people are like, oh, it's just a walking simulator. It's just a hiking simulator. Um, And it's like watching a movie and then I'm playing a hiking simulator. Like, who cares? And then other people are like, I didn't realize I needed a game like this. Like, and so, and some of them are, you know, people that wouldn't like those kind of simulation games Mm -hmm. uh, are absolutely loving it. And then other ones are saying that it it is like a completely brand new genre, which is what Hideo Kojima was trying to do. Supposedly he was make a strand game and make a new genre from Death Stranding. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I think that would probably come close to dethroning Days Gone for me as game of the year. Yeah. Unfortunately, I just don't know even from what I've read and like seen about it. Yeah, and then we can't say too much because Pokemon uh, Sun, uh, Sword and Shield isn't technically out that yet, even though people have been getting games to play. Well, I don't think it's going to be here the year either. Although there are reviews out for it, and there is kind of a big uh, like social media hoopla going on about it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Game Freak specifically said that... Um, the Pokedex was going to be a lot smaller this go around for mm-hmm. uh, Sword and Shield because they were uh, focusing on like making sure that all of the uh, like character models and stuff, and you know wireframes and you know everything that goes into modeling like each of the the Pokemon and their evolutions uh, to make those top notch. Yeah, and so they were focused on that, and so because of the the time crunch and release date, and, you know delivery that they had to uh, truncate the overall, like, Pokedex. Uh, apparently, mm. it came out, people sifting through uh, source code, that <laughs> they directly lifted from handheld versions. Oh, that's sneaky. Of, like, a lot of, most of the Pokemon. So they actually didn't create anything new, and so then, therefore, there shouldn't have been any significant amount of time pumped into it. Yeah. And so then, therefore, why is the Pokedex less... Or mm-hmm. why aren't the character models looking a lot better? Oh, that's stupid. The, and the same. So, and, and there's, it's hard to say how much of that is true and how much is of that is not. Mm-hmm. I find it a little weird because I feel like Pokemon fans and fans of Game Freak in particular mm-hmm. are like most of them. I wouldn't say present company included, but no. Um, are just rabid. Like anything Pokemon is fantastic and amazing. Oh, and, like, yeah. and, you know, they trust Game Freak to a fault. So I find it a little weird to see like a, a very large segment like of that population. Mesh. Maybe a 50 50. It uh, could be just a vocal minority, but very pissed off and angry at Game Freak. Was, that's that's a studio I didn't really expect to be see much anger. Well, it's because it's like, in my opinion, they changed a beloved game that they've been doing for generations. Honestly, literally. Not the same, because they've always added, changed cool things to it, but mm-hmm. completely fucking different to the point where it's like, this isn't a fucking Pokemon game. I'm not playing something stupid. I just want my basic Pokemon game. Yeah, exactly. And then now they're make, trying and, to... And there's some of the complaints that you've made in prior podcasts about uh, Pokemon, specifically Sun and Moon, seem to be evident in Sword and Shield. Because not all. It, no, but they've done but it. But they does seem to have carried over a little bit. They've done it again is what they're saying. Yeah, so I'm a little worried about like what your takeaway would be from it. Probably ain't gonna get that game. Yeah, I mean it's hard like I said, it's hard to tell. It's like we're a couple days from the street date, so I mean we'll find out more and be able to watch 
you know, footage and, you know, streams and stuff. Yeah. Um, YouTube videos, all that good, good hoopla. And then uh, also read more in-depth once we have a, kind of a full body of reviews. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't think, at least in my opinion, um, and this is like me with blinders on a little bit, but I don't think Pokemon Sword and Shield was ever really in the running for Game of the Year, in my oh, opinion. No. Like, just period. I mean, I love Pokemon, Before, don't after get release. me wrong, but they've never really been in the running. They're just... it's, it's Yeah, I mean, game. they're great games. I'm not knocking them. No, like, they are For the most part, games, they're great games, and it's a good series. It's but... not, like, mechanically advanced to some of the other Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call it, you know, Last of Us, or, you know, probably even what Death Stranding is, and things like that. But... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then... Just last night, actually, so that would have been the, the 12th of November... Um, to remember, yeah, I platinumed the remaster for Medieval. Medieval, Woo-hoo. that was a good game. It was a really good game. I had a lot of fun with it. It was um, funnier than shit. Oh yeah, they. Daniel so <laughs> Yeah, they managed to keep a lot of the original charm from the what nineteen ninety eight re- original release, yeah. which I think is really hard because it's, and definitely an offbeat and quirky game, and just changing you know, like the voice acting mm-hmm. or even the music or just kind of one aspect of it, I mm-hmm. think would like lose a lot of its charm. But I think so too. They, but they kept it. Like it's still kind of janky, but it works because it's from that PS1 era mm-hmm. of games. Like, yeah, you know, the, the first 3D yeah. platformers. So, and, and the cameras and stuff, but it's not so overbearing that it's unplayable mm-hmm. like the PSP version was. And then, yeah, all of the kind of dark humor and like gothic horror vibe and like the silly accents and like the just the uh, narrators kind of jokes and yeah. the gargoyles jabs at sir daniel fortescue like all of that like carried through it was fantastic and the fact that like, sir daniel fortescue doesn't have a jaw and how he talks and he's missing an eyeball yeah he's really like a unique protagonist <laughs> like, him, like not one where you would expect like leading the charge especially for like uh first you know party like sony kind of lineup oh, like yeah. you think of your nathan drakes and your kratos from god of war and your you know joel and ellie mm-hmm. and th- things along those lines and then kind of just snuck up this October, Sir Daniel Fortescue, (laughs) (laughs) who does not really even have, like you said, a speaking part in the game. And then there's subtitles. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, which is fantastic. Exactly. That game was great, though. I love the little addition of the Finding the Lost Souls, and you can unlock the original game by doing that. Did you do that? I did, yeah. And I did, like, the first level on the original. And it boots up the same as if you were to put a PS1 game in a PS1. You'll show me that later. Yeah, where it, like, comes up with the the, the white and orange yeah, logo, yeah. and it makes the PS1 sound. My ass was asleep. Yeah, it's, like, all of that. Uh, they just they just poured it right over. And it's just another menu option on the, the top oh, okay. menu. Oh, okay. So it's, like, you have new game, load, game. load and then there might be like credits or something in there, but then it's old game. So you have new <laughs> game and old game. And then you get an old game, it just boots you right into the original. That's which I thought was really cool. That's and you cool. can only do that by uh, collecting all of the Lost Souls and then and doing their optional yeah. side quests, which are in different levels. So like ostensibly you end up playing the remaster like two to three times. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. You play the levels. Oh, the levels uh, over and over and over yeah. again. But, but they're they're short and quick, and once you're 
your version of Sir Daniel Fortescue is kind of like maxed, maxed out. out and has like new and varied weapons. It's super easy. Yeah, it, it kind of changes it, it took up. Took you a like bit. an hour or two to polish it off last night. Yeah, exactly, and that and so that would have been me playing the game another two times. Mm-hmm. But you know, it took me, you know, probably like a week and a half, two weeks to go through the story. Yeah, exactly. At once, but and but we you know earlier in this splice podcast we talked about remasters and mm-hmm. their place Based, yeah. in game of the year so as much as i love that game and it probably is one of my favorite games of this year i just don't think it's in the running for game of the year no just i don't either it. it's an amazing game but it's not a new game it's literally the same kind of stuff again yeah multiple it, times it's not it's their first niche. remaster But yeah, like as we've talked about before, like remasters not like being included in Game of the Year. Like mm-hmm. I, I stand by that. Like I don't think Medieval. I do too. Medieval is a fun, cool game, but no, same situation. And it's it was not. niche when it came out, anyways. And I'm really surprised that there have been two remakes of it now. Yeah. And that it even has legs in 2019 to begin <laughs> with. So I'm just happy that like a like niche remaster or like remake of a game that I enjoyed was actually made yeah. that I can play again. I'm just happy that it exists, I guess. But it definitely doesn't dethrone Days Gone for me for this year. Mm-mm, borderlands for me. Yeah. And just kind of keeping it in a bubble kind of by itself. Like with the Resident Evil 2 remake. Like Ape Escape. But yeah, no, I agree. It's, you know, it's a fun game, but just a remake. Yeah, exactly. Other than that, I don't think there really are... I'm sure I'm missing something and somebody will sound off Porque... in the comments. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, if you if there's something we didn't cover either mm-hmm. this year or more specifically in this portion of the podcast... Um, Something that's, like, coming out. That we may have forgotten or missed. Yeah, from, you know, November to December. Usually there's not a lot of game releases in December anyways, Mm -hmm. but usually throughout November there is. Um, You know, we didn't really speak much of, like, you know, Call of Duty Modern Warfare or things along those lines. Yeah. Which I hear is doing really well, but... But still, I mean... Yeah. Not something that really fits, like, the tone of this podcast, but something that we can't discuss. Like, we do have some knowledge of Call of Duty. Yeah, more along the lines of zombies, but yeah. But yeah, if there's something just in general that maybe we've forgot to touch base on that has released, you know, I'd probably say from October 25th when Medieval and The Outer Worlds uh, and On releases. Yeah, let us uh, know. Yeah, bring that up, you know, specifically in relation to this part of the podcast and, you know, tell us how we... We uh, screwed the pooch and just missed out on some amazing game, you yeah, know, we the pooch. <laughs> that we should have discussed. We're or freezing in our house. <laughs> or should have been discussed in our uh, Game of the Year uh, Rage Quit podcast. See. See.
<laughs> but anyways, this is us sounding off probably for the second time. I'll see if I can work my editing magic, but just follow the bear. Follow the bear. Goodbye. <laughs> Have a good night. Hey there, guys. This is Anthony Schultz, one half of the duo for Rage Quit. Uh, I just wanted to spend a minute or two, at most, um, talking about Ariel and I's other endeavors or where you can follow her and I uh, if you're a fan of this podcast. So I'm most prolific on Twitter as far as social media is concerned. Uh, I share more kind of gut reaction or like private uh, experiences and opinions there. Uh, I'm at Anthony R. Schultz. Pretty easy to remember, just my name. And if you'd be so inclined, you can uh, give me a follow. And I also drop Rage Quit links there every week. And other things that Ariel and I are both working on. Uh, AS Inquisitor also streams, which is the production company that produces uh, Rage Quit. Essentially myself at the moment. And I stream uh, five days a week. Uh, I'm a variety streamer, so I do a little bit of everything. Uh, hopefully, uh, there's something there that you would really enjoy, even if it's just one day a week. Uh, I take every Thursday and Friday off, and you can follow and or subscribe at twitch.tv slash asinquisitor. Uh, all these links that I'm mentioning uh, will be in the description box below, and I will reiterate. Also, uh, AS Inquisitor has a... YouTube channel. So if you're not listening to this podcast uh, via YouTube, uh, if you're using your preferred podcast uh, provider, uh, this podcast does make its way to YouTube. Uh, we will eventually be uh, recording uh, not only our voices, but also ourselves when we do the podcast. We're just working on some equipment issues right now. But we also have uh, past streams that I've done for AS Inquisitor that have a little bit more kind of polish or pizzazz to them. They're divided up into like better bite-sized chunks uh, for complete game uh, playthroughs or Let's Plays. There's also a lot of unique content there. Uh, I record things throughout the week as I play games, just kind of funny moments or um, maybe even like personal achievements, things of that nature. And so you can search for AS Inquisitor on YouTube, and again, the link will be in the description below. But those are my three kind of primary platforms that you can find me on. So that's Twitter, uh, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, Ariel actually has her own YouTube channel called Painting with L.M. Schultz. Uh, she's a very talented painter. Uh, she has her fine arts degree and enjoys painting for... Uh, you know, cathartic reasons, as well as to improve on her, like, technical prowess. So she started her own YouTube channel to improve on her techniques, as well as show people uh, kind of some basics or things that you can do uh, painting-wise. There's also some other kind of uh, crafty, uh, do-it-yourself kind of ideas and videos on there as well that pertain a little bit more personally to her and I, uh, because they usually involve our family. You know, it's a, a family project that she's working on. Uh, for example, she did our our son's Halloween costume. And so she walked through how she constructed and created, you know, the costume and how you could do something similar for your kiddos at home. Uh, and then finally, uh, you can follow Ariel on Twitter as well. 
she is primarily on Twitter, just like myself. Uh, we don't really indulge in too many other social media platforms, uh, save for maybe Instagram. Uh, I don't think we're as active on there. Ariel might be, more so than myself. Uh, but you can follow her at, at Merhobbit and give her a follow as well. That's uh, my lovely co-host and beautiful wife, Ariel. But anyways, I just wanted to stop in and kind of throw some links your way. And if you were curious about what AS Inquisitor uh, was doing and what how Rage Quick kind of fit into that ecosystem, uh, there it is. Yeah, got all the links for you. Um, if you're interested in any one of those, uh, all of those links are going to be in the description box below, and they're going to be in every podcast episode now. So I'm not sure if they're entirely there right now, but I'm going to be doing a fresh write-up and make sure and have all of those included for you. So just click a link or copy and paste and uh, head on over if any of those strike your fancy. But anyways, uh, thanks for enjoying the show. Really appreciate it. Um, we'll be back next week for more rage quittiness. Uh, and as always, follow the bear. And have a good evening, guys.